and I think a lot of agents probably don't from what I've seen they don't understand the value of being assertive when somebody asks you about the market or they say hey, what do you think I'm kind of thinking about buying that's showtime that's where you step in there and you earn the right to get a sell buy if you just have a casual conversation with a casual person you're usually going to get a, a casual result So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, get ready for this. This is a really, really special episode. You know, when I get to talk to my good friend, David Green, he's one of the other, he's one of the co-hosts of one of my favorite podcasts, the Bigger Pockets podcast. He's also a real estate agent that's been growing his team, you know, growing his mortgage company. And we, we got to talk today about lots of good, good tips. And really, this was one of those episodes, there was so much in there, we decided to break it into two episodes for you so you can knock it out. So I bet this first half is going to be 40 minutes. Here we go. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui, and I am back. You know, I don't know if this is going to be like, we're, we're coming up on, we're almost to episode 1,000. We've done at least 1,000 episodes when you combine your state of the markets with your real ones. The guy that I get to talk to today is one of my favorite guests, one of your guys' favorite, most successful Bay Area real estate agents, the uh, Mr. David Green gets to come back today. David, thanks for joining me. Thank you very much, Aaron. Looking forward to it. We always have a really good time with these. We always have so much fun. The last one went so long, we had to break it into two. We'll see how we do today. And it's funny, you've done, you've been interviewed just as a regular guest. You were a longtime listener. You've done a few state of the markets with me where we just talk about the news. And today we're going to be, I think we're going to classify this as a, a regular episode, but we're going to do a little bit of both, right? Because you've got some big updates for 2020. You've got some new kind of a new book coming out that we want to talk about. Plus, there's probably some real estate news that we should just see everything's going. Last time, so you and I got to see each other just a few weeks ago. And we were out in Northern California and the Go Bundance guys got together at my house out there and, and you drove up from the Bay and we had a fun day of talking and it seemed like it was the first time in a long time that people had like gone outside and mm-hmm. got to have fun. And is now is California back on like lockdown or is it is everything normal now? California is kind of doing a thing where as the as the cases increase, they then shut things down and as cases go down, then they, they then open it back up. So right now at the time of this recording, we're shut back down. But by the time this comes out, we could be open again because cases could have dropped. Yeah. Is real estate still an essential service? Do they still say, hey, you and, and when that happens, what are you allowed to do? It is an essential service with a lot of extra regulations added. So we have a lot more forms we have to fill out. We have a lot more things that we're prohibited from doing. We can't hold open houses. We can only show a property to two people at a time. And there has to be a special form. Uh, we call it a PED. I believe it's property entry ad- advisement disclosure, something like that, that we fill out that says, I promise I'll wear a mask. I'll wear gloves. I won't touch something. We're not showing symptoms of being sick. The offices are open, but we all have to be six feet apart from each other. You can't have clients in the office right now. You have to wear a mask when you're in there. So yeah, we can we can get it done, but it's definitely a lot more difficult to do so than it is during normal times. Yeah. Yeah. I have my house listed out there and the agent had called me oh, about a week and a half ago or two weeks ago and she said, hey, I have to cancel the open house from this weekend. 
So she was going to sw- she was switching to a virtual open house instead, but it was like a night and day thing. It was like two days ahead of time it was scheduled, and all of a sudden it was you know no open houses. How straight you got to sign something? Says, I'll wear gloves if I come in your house, and I promise yes. I won't cough on the counter. I'll tell you what I love about it that I'll just admit is now that you're not allowed to go to people's homes for a listing presentation anymore because yeah. it's not considered essential. <laughs> I'm taking tons of listings without going to look at houses and I'm having the exact same success as before that, which totally validates the feeling I always had that going to someone's house is something you do for the sellers. It's not something that has to be done to actually sell the the property. I need to know the condition of it. I need to know the comparables and I need to look at the numbers. Um, But I've taken, I think I've got 19 listings that were in the works right now, getting ready to put on the market and several, probably like five or six in contract. And I maybe... I don't think I've gone to any of them, actually. I've done it all on Zoom. And it's it's awesome when this kind of thing happens because it, it lets the agents who adapt faster get ahead. And the people who have kind of always done the same thing all the time, regardless of if it made sense or not, you, you kind of get exposed. I did, an, I did an online notary to sell a house where I got to stay in my house. I got on Zoom. It was a, yeah. it was a different version of that. and the And I got to sign all of my docs using DocuSign. I like, you know, took a picture of my ID and yep. it closed and recorded. And I was like, man, I thank you. Thank you COVID for that. Cause I have been dying to be able to do that from anywhere. They just use the zoom. It's uh, there's a couple different brands that do it, but it is like a zoom type thing. You click right. to log in and you have, you're like a zoom screen on the left side, but then the right side is the document. So she'll walk you through it as you're signing. If you have any questions, she's doing the same job as a normal notary. And as you sign, she goes, good. Good, good, okay. And then when she's done with it, just some electronic stamping. And for out in Texas, we electronically record anyway. So you can sign a grant deed and they can email it to the counties for recording. Mm-hmm. So now they're even just taking those electronic ones, email it to the county. No one's going to the county. It's like as soon as I sign it, it gets recorded and, and sent in. Really? I remember when the case law was passed, a judge looked at it and said, yeah, it meets all the requirements. And I thought, that's so cool. I wish this stuff would happen more frequently. Yeah. COVID is pushing some of that. We'll wait to see what happens. Let's talk about your Zoom. Like, so right now you're doing Zoom interviews with clients. They're saying, hey, David, I think we want you to list our house. Let's have this meeting. Now you're doing your listing presentation over Zoom. Yes. What are, so what are your tips and tricks with that? Is there anything that you're doing different? If somebody is doing their first Zoom listing presentation, what advice would you give them? First thing you have to understand is that giving a presentation in person is easier and more effective, not because it actually makes a difference in the information being provided, but because it creates an emotional sense of peace with the seller, which is how most people make decisions. In fact, I would say everybody makes decisions based on how they feel. So when you're doing a Zoom meeting, you have to remember your goal is to be good enough to replicate that emotional sense of comfort that the person listening to you gets that where they feel comfortable signing the listing agreement and saying, yes, you can sell my house. The way we've always done that was in person because you've kind of greased the wheels, so to speak. It makes it easier, but it doesn't have to be that way. So the first piece of advice I'd say is get good. Get your skills up when you're giving your listing presentation. Like we have a a literal like PowerPoint or a slide deck that we walk people through that's designed to create an emotional experience. I start off building credibility with myself in the listing presentation. I go on to talk about this is what actually sells houses versus everything that you heard. This is what people did 30 years ago. This is what people do today. I use facts from the National Association of Realtors to establish credibility on what I'm saying. Then I blow them away with all of the, the marketing that we do and how we get pictures taken and ways we advertise your house and I have stats to support why that works. 
and I walk them through what the experience will be like and all the ways that I'm going to make them money. And at the end, I say, here's what comes next. We go over a CMA that I've put together. If you do all of that in the right order, it's sort of like walking them through this like emotional experience where they were nervous and you made them feel good and then they got excited and then they were eager to move forward. Then you showed them the numbers of how this process should look. Now they trust you and they're like, yep, what do we got to do here? How do we sign? I haven't dropped one yet out of every listing presentation I've done. And I really think it's because I just approached it like all I have to do is to get you to feel comfortable and good about what we're doing. I don't have to be in front of you to accomplish that. We should do a whole class on that. You know, our, we have a we have like a, a certified listing class in in Rebus, you know, that tells people how to get that listing. But it seems like now we need one for how to get that listing via Zoom because yeah. it sounds like you could have the. There's a better chance to really do the visuals, right? Yes. Showing the charts, showing the stats, getting them to buy in. And it sounds like if I dissected that right, you're not actually telling them how much you're going to list their house for until the very end. That's At the beginning, exactly you're right. like, "I'm David." It's an awesome time to sell. Here's everything that we do. We're super awesome. By the way, here's the price. It's almost like a really high-end sales thing. Like I'll email somebody about a, a mastermind or something and they're like, well, we can't tell you how much this is going to cost. We have to do the call first. And then they do the call and they get you super excited. And then at the end, they're like, I, I love it too. And they go, it's probably gonna be a lot less than you were thinking. This is $30,000, right? But you're like, no, that's way more than I was thinking. But they get you so excited with that. So the- I, I think that's the only way to do it, to be frank, Aaron. When, when someone says, what's my house worth? And you throw a number out at them. Hardly anyone takes that number and says, hmm, maybe I can, maybe I can uh, change my mind about this or that's negotiable. You throw out a price of 675. That's what they think you said. They go find another agent who says, I'll sell it for 700. They go with the other agent. So when somebody says, hey, what do you think my house is worth? I turn that into a phone call or a Zoom call to I can, maybe turn the tables might not be the right phrase, but what I'm trying to do is take control of that conversation. I'm asking questions like, why do you want to sell? What's motivating you? What are the fears you have? I start off with all that. I work that into a presentation that makes them think, whoa, this person's really good. They know way more than me. And in essence, there's a book I really love called uh, Pitch Anything by Oren Clough, where he describes this concept of frame control. What I'm doing is taking that frame in that conversation, establishing myself as the expert. And by the time I'm done, before I even give them a number, I run over the CMA that I put together. So now you're not even arguing with me. You'd be arguing with math and logic. No one's going to do that. And it makes it so much easier to get the clients to go along. I just got done funny. We're saying this. I was just training two agents on my team about this very thing. It's always tempting because it's faster to throw out a number. You just make way more work for yourself when you do it that way. And then it's like you're always catching up. Let's. You're, yes. Yes. Real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Amuchastegui with a quick commercial break from our sponsor, Rent Ready. Why do you invest in real estate? To retire early? To build your dream home? Start your own business? Whatever the reason, whatever the dream, Rent Ready can help you reach it. With Rent Ready's unlimited property management features, your real estate dreams are also unlimited. Rent Ready is landlord-tenant software that covers all of your real estate investing needs, including unlimited properties, tenants, and live customer support so you can start small and grow your business without increasing costs. You know, I've had plenty of subscriptions before where you get charged like per house that you own or per deal you've done. And what they're saying is, hey, it's gonna cost the same thing no matter what. Whether you have one house, 10 houses, or 100 houses, they're not gonna penalize you when you grow and they're gonna help you grow. Rent Ready is a flat price and scalable for your needs. No need to shell out big bucks for multiple management softwares. With Rent Ready, 
They have everything you need all in one platform so you manage your rentals and grow your portfolio. As a special offer, you've heard it on here before, you can try Rent Ready for one year for only a buck, but you have to use our code. Here is the code ROCKSTAR, R-O-C-K-S-T-A-R, and sign up for Rent Ready's annual plan at rentready.com. That's R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com with code ROCKSTAR to get Rent Ready for a year for just a buck. And if you want to learn more about Rent Ready or you want to learn more about Ryan, the CEO and founder of Rent Ready, go check out episode 939 where I interviewed him about why he created this, this platform and what they're doing next. So let's back up a little bit. How are you getting, the, what's your top of funnel right now? How are you getting the lead? Are some people, are, are they going to a website and saying, hey, what's my house worth? And then you're saying, let's do a call or how are people finding you? I am planting seeds constantly every single day to get people to feel comfortable reaching out to me to say, David, I want to buy a house or I want to sell a house. That's really all that we're doing. There's a million ways to do it. Um, I have a, a mortgage company now, so we do loans as well. And we were on our, our lending meeting and one of the guys was talking about how he went to go buy a car. And he's like, yeah, the guy selling me the car, he seems really interested in what I do. And I said, uh, okay, get off this call, go call that person and ask them uh, what their interest rate is. And if it's over 4%, he needs to refinance. And he literally did that. And now the money from that refinance is going to pay for his car. He's getting a free car just because he planted seeds with the right people. And every agent wants to avoid it, but it really can just be that simple. I'm not using a special program. I'm not buying online leads. I'm putting together events. I'm talking to people. I'm making friends with people. I work really hard. If you're my friend to set myself apart from the other agents that, you know, I will do that. If I assume everyone knows eight or nine agents and I want to be the one you think is the best. So I'll put more effort into people that I already know. Like when we go hang out at your house, Aaron, and I'm, and I'm meeting people, if you're not a real estate agent and you live near me, I'm putting more time into those conversations so that that person feels better about calling me when it comes time to sell their house. And then when they call, I have a very, very solid uh, follow-up system. Like we don't drop leads very often. I call it lead bleed in the book. That's a really big problem the agents have when they get busy. So once you do reach out and say, hey, we're kind of thinking about buy-in. What do you think the market's like? I've got a really, really good conversion ratio because I'm so systemized with like, boom, grab that person, put them in this spreadsheet, set up this call. This is the conversation we're going to have. And I think a lot of agents probably don't from what I've seen, they don't understand the value of being assertive when somebody asks you about the market or they say, Hey, what do you think? I'm kind of thinking about buying. That's showtime. That's where you step in there and you earn the right to get a sell buy. If you just have a casual conversation with a casual person, you're usually going to get a, a casual result. I love that. You're like, that's showtime, right? Yeah. You are a real estate agent. You are a real estate professional. So if somebody says like, Hey, can I get a professional opinion? That's like, if you, when you go into the doctor's office and somebody's asking the doctor, like, Hey, what, what, where does this lump from? What do you think? Like, he's, he's not going to screw around. I could probably tell you, you know, I know a little bit about that stuff, right? Right. right? right. So when you go to the doctor's office, it's showtime. The real estate office could be anywhere. It could yes. be sitting around a table at a barbecue. It could be, you know, in line anywhere else. It could be when you're buying a car. So yes. you're right. Somebody asks for advice. It's showtime. Be the agent. Step up and treat them like a doctor with their patient. This is your operation room as you jump into it. I love that analogy. The and you talk, so you're doing some of so you were doing some events. I remember 
uh, going to one of your events in Roseville, you were, and it was like a, an investor meetup type thing. You and one of your agents, Kyle, you yep. did like this presentation that said, Hey, here's what's going on in the market. You know, here's some great places of to buy in the city of Sacramento. Here's why, here's why we believe in them long-term. And it was kind of like, it was marketed as a, we're going to tell you how to become an investor if you want to be an investor. And, and if you want more info, we can help you find those deals or not. But you were like giving a bunch of info. Have you found a way, do you do that virtually now? Are you doing those in person? Are you still doing any events like that at all? We're not doing any events like that. And I don't do them virtually, frankly, because it's very difficult to build a relationship when you're doing it virtually. The, the big group, like you yes. can build it with an individual, but like if you've got 50 people coming to your show, you're not going to be able to shake their hand after. That's exactly right. They just think that they're here to gather information from me. I use that information as the bait to pull you in so I can get to know you and I can figure out, are we going to build a relationship? So what we do during the downtime is we improve and we foster the relationships with the people we met during the uptime. So I, I added a ton of people to my database from all those events. Now we're reaching out. We're talking to those people. We're commenting on their Instagram and their Facebook. We're, we're basically just staying top of mind and building relationship with people we already met. And when we feel the time is right, asking for referrals. It's a really boring grassroots way of doing it. But I wouldn't do it any other way because the leads that are coming to me, hey, David, my, my mom wants to sell her house. My neighbor wants to sell her house. They're not one of those, I'm going to compete with four other agents on this listing like you get when you chase after the same leads every other realtor is. For the most part, if I do a good job with that presentation and making them feel good, that's now my client and that's it. Like My conversion ratio is very high. And... You know, I feel like I say this every time I go on a podcast and the agents still ask the questions of like, but what's the secret well where I can go, where I can go find these leads, these people that are ready to go. And I, I just say, we don't do that. We continually stay top of mind of the people we already know. And when one of them raises their hand and says, Hey, I have a real estate need. We are very aggressive. I've said, you got to be like a cheetah going after that gazelle. Like you're going to starve if you don't get that thing. You jump on it and you've got a system in place. You give like, like I'll give you an example that that meetup that you went to, Kyle had enough people that approached him about house hacking in Sacramento that he said, what should I do? And I said, you need to make a PowerPoint specifically about the upside to Sacramento, the good parts of the market, and then the parts that aren't as good so that you can contrast it with maybe Bay Area people. And people can make a decision on, should I go to Sacramento or should I go to the Bay Area? And you've now established yourself as the expert for Sacramento and a house hacking expert. And he puts those people in a contract all the time. But now that's part of his system. He's got this PowerPoint when someone says, hey, I think I want to buy in, in Sacramento and I also want to rent out part of the house. He has a specific presentation he gives them that details how to do it. And then they all sign up to work with them. Yeah, that's become one of his you know, niche, one of, his, one of his niches. I love that you're, one of the things you talked about doing was you're like in your leads, you're actually finding them on social media and interacting with them on social media. So you said, first goal is stay top of mind. And then as soon as someone raises their hand, you jump on it. Again, like you said, it's showtime. No matter where you are, somebody raises their hand and says, hey, but I'd like to know about real estate. That's your surgery center. You raise your hand and, and, it's, and it's showtime. So the, and then going and interacting with those people. So it could be, even be a cold lead but now interacting with them on social media, liking their stuff, you know, replying, asking them how everything's doing. I saw a guy on, on social media say like, hey, I'll send a letter from Santa to your kids. If you want one, get, you know, just text me at this number, your address and your kids' names and what they want, and I'll send them a customized letter from Santa. And I thought that was just brilliant 
as a real estate agent, you know, reaching out because the, because there's obviously, yes, that's a cool need. Now he's top of mind. The people that take him up on it are going to think he's a super cool guy. And now there's a new, new people in his path where then he feels safely in a month or two to say like, Hey, are you interested in selling? Like I've got phone numbers, I've got kids names, I've got what their kids want for Christmas. Like what a, what a great way to enhance that relationship with people. So, and I think you said you put their name in a spreadsheet. Right. So they're in the spreadsheet and, you know, do, how do you, do you have other systems you use to track the lead to make sure if it's, if they're somewhat cold, having to follow up with them in two weeks or three weeks? Yeah, those are through the CRM that we use. It's called Brivity. Um, they have an auto plan is basically like a series of reminders that can be assigned to different team members. So once you decided you weren't going to buy right now, we put you into that nurture system where different agents get reminders to reach out and check in on people. And really the approach we take is we're never pressuring you to buy a house ever. If you don't want to buy, it doesn't make any sense to try to pressure somebody to. But in every conversation, we are assuming if I do a good job here, you will be the one to send me your referrals. So I don't really ever talk to anyone as if they are the lead until they say, I want to buy or sell a house. Okay. But I do talk to them as if I'm reminding you to when somebody that you come across says they're thinking about buying that you think about me and connect us. Yeah, that's a great a, a way to be salesy without being too salesy. Like yeah. Getting to do that outreach and go, hey, I want to stay top of mind. If any of your friends are thinking about moving. And one of the guests I had on last week reminded everybody too that it was they said, she said, reach out to the last hundred people you texted and remind them because even if they live in Washington, DC or Florida, where across the world from you, they might know somebody moving mm-hmm. to your city that just, that just posted on their own social media. Hey, do you guys know anyone in the Bay area? That's an agent. They go, yes, I do know that guy out there. So let's, I mean, and you will reverse our order a little bit. Let's go down to like your stats for the year. So the, we've, I've had you on a couple of times during the year. Mm-hmm. The I'd like to, so we're now we're almost at the end of 2020. How many closings have you had? What's your average sales price? What's your volume at right now? All right. So my total transactions are closings are at 129. Wow. My total sales volume is nearly 82 million. I'm on. I'm one percent underneath the goal of closing ninety million for the year. So we have a spreadsheet that tracks all of our closings and all the agents who close what because we have a weekly team meeting where we go over that. And what we do is uh, there's a formula where I put in, hey, we want to sell X amount of houses. Really, to start the year, my goal is fifty million. And then as we track the closings, it adds a cumulative total and tells you you are this far ahead or this far behind of hitting your goal percentage wise. So once I realized we were way ahead of 50 million, we bumped it up to 75 million. Now we pass that and we put it at 90 million and I can see that I'm 1% behind. So like we'll probably have a house closed tomorrow or so and it'll be right on track. And I'm guessing it looks like we're on pace to close uh, 90 million for the year. So the beginning of the year before the world went crazy, you said we're going to do 50 million in volume. Now you're probably going to hit 90. Now are those team closings? Those are, yes, they're, Okay. So they're team closings, but the majority of them were done from two of us. Kyle and I are the ones that bring in the the lion's share of the actual deals that close. So um, our structure is a little different where I have agents on my team that are good agents and they do, do bring in some of their own deals, but the majority of their work are working with my clients. So they show houses to my buyers. And then I have two assistants that help me do all the work for the listings, which are all done in, in my name. So 
if you looked at the total transactions out of that 129, probably about a hundred of them were me, maybe 90 or so, 90 to a hundred, but I didn't do the work on those or I didn't do all the work. A lot of that was agents on my team who are learning the business through working through my sphere and my leads and uh, helping me make money while they're doing it. And then as they gain an experience, newer people will come in and work the clients that I've brought in. And those agents that now have confidence and experience and knowledge what to do will slowly shift into working their sphere harder and bringing in more deals. And then they'll do their own. So I think the last time we talked about, you were just starting your mortgage broker office. You were even kind of looking at hiring in that realm for people. And then you were also trying to hire people for your office. So how many people did you have? What was your staff like in March? And then how? And then how many people do you have working for you now? Or I have working a total. It's a good question. I have one, two, three, four. I have five agents total that are licensed, okay. and then two of those are administrators that are also agents. So there's basically three of us, and that was in March. And then I've added another four that are like brand new babies. So they're basically what I've done now is I've taken my my three that are pretty knowledgeable and I've supported them with the new agents that came in. So let's say you call that a junior agent. I pair them or a couple of them with a senior agent who now helps train that person. And in response or in exchange for that, the new person goes and looks houses up on the MLS for them, shows them houses, talks to listing agents, fills out their paperwork, helps them communicate with all the leads that they're working. And it benefits both sides. And that's one of the reasons I think we had a really good year is I finally got that formula right. That's a really cool formula to be able to kind of grow that and and see that growth and also have each have the whole team kind of train each other up. And I mean and California's I don't maybe it's like this in most states, but in California, I mean, no one's allowed to help you on the deal unless they're licensed, right? Yes. Like you can't have if you have a transaction coordinator, they have to be have to be a licensed agent. If they're gonna talk to a buyer or buyer's agent, the then California is pretty strict about so when you're talking about like babies coming in life, that's kind of the requirement even to be an admin. Even if somebody says, I don't want, I don't want to get commissions. I just want to work in, in your real estate office. You're like, okay, first you got to get your license. For the most part, yes. We do have, what I did this year was I had people studying to get licensed mm-hmm. that I would hire and, and pay hourly to come in and do some of the work that didn't involve them talking to clients that they were allowed to do to right. support the licensed people. And then when they get licensed, they've got three, four, five, six months of experience working so that they weren't starting from scratch. And that's another mistake I see a lot of people make is they wait until they're completely licensed to do anything. And I, it's kind of like saying, well, the game is on Friday. I'm not going to do anything to get ready for it until the, the game day. You, you yeah. need to be preparing long before that happens. So when, when I looked around, what I saw in real estate was a huge need for mentors. There's not mentors. There's a few at the top that are crushing it, that are very busy. And then there's a lot of people at the bottom that are basically baby birds asking for a worm and hoping someone brings it to them. And it's really tough. And so I'm working on putting a system together where the experienced people are training the new people who really need the training, but the new people are actually doing a lot of the work. They're making the flyers and gathering the information and putting stuff into databases and, and running calendars, right? Like all the nitty gritty stuff that nobody really wants to learn that you have to. And that's how they're learning the business by supporting somebody else rather than having one broker and an office full of 90 people and all 90 are going to that broker with the same questions. Yeah. Hi guys, Aaron here, and I'm so sorry to cut in. I warned you at the beginning, there was so much info in this episode, I didn't wanna go for an hour and a half and keep you guys hanging. So here's the end of the first half 
of my interview with David Green. If you want to hear the rest of this thing, just come back in a few days. As always, if you love the content that we're bringing, go leave a review. If you don't love it, go leave a review. I want to figure out how to help you guys out out there and provide more value. All right, we'll hear back in a couple days. Talk to you then. All right, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I wanna make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents. And we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every punny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate, how to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. And if you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our real estate rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.